keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Robert Carpolis. I'm here with Sergeant Slaughterhouse Scott Chaplin. Scott and I went to Dynamite last night. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, but first off, how are you guys doing, Robert? <laughs> I'm good because I wasn't at an eight-hour wrestling show that may have just ended like 20 minutes before we were about to record. Uh, it was a blast, man. It was a blast. Oh, it it, it looked like the, the crowd had a, a really good time, but I, I just saw, you know, online that the Rampage main event started at 12.20 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know that there were matches taped beforehand because uh, uh, a friend of the show, Brian Mann, sent me a picture of Kip Sabian competing. Uh, so they really gave you guys the full buffet of talent. Oh, you know, it's funny you say that because I remember walking into the arena and seeing Kip Sabian's face immediately after a match. I didn't see it. And I turned to Dan and I said, we missed Kip Sabian. And then we both laughed about how we obviously didn't care that we missed him. But uh, yeah, uh, is that yeah, I think total was like 15 matches on that show or something with, with the pre-show. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I, I'm exhausted absolutely exhausted plus i ate like a fucking asshole all night but shout out to everybody uh who's a forbidden dork or said hi to us uh that was really cool to see everybody oh that's yeah, awesome very, that you that nice uh people uh came up yeah to you we had a, we had a couple people come up to us which was uh really fun yeah beginning of the show at the end of the show dude at the end of the show had, had a, one of our t-shirts on had a forbidden dorks t-shirt on that was really cool to see that's badass all right, folks, uh, just to go through uh, our Patreon schedule. Guys, we got a lot of awesome Patreon shows coming up. We got the roast of Johnny Ace and Ace Steel this Monday. Two Ace, should I throw in Tanahashi too, like three Aces? Or No. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not doing Tanahashi research. <laughs> Thank you guys for getting people excited about our Patreon. October 3rd, we have a mailbag episode. So any questions you guys have, we'll answer them. October 10th, we're off. October 17th, Halloween Havoc 1996. October 24th, Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies, the movie with Kurt Angle. October 31st, this is the biggest one we've ever done. The Roast of the Undertaker. Uh, and as far as just a regular show, September 30th, we have the Roast of the XFL. October 14th, the Roast of the Von Erichs. October 21st, the Roast of Dracula. And... Uh, you know, soon, very soon, either this week or next, we're going to be announcing our November Patreon shows. A lot of fun stuff coming up. We're working on a, a couple fun ideas for you guys. Uh, for um, the $10 tier, you'll get Robert reviewing Raw every week. And I am going to try to join Raw every week now. You guys have spoken. TNA is not what you want. 
um we are gonna do we are gonna do one more t- the the famous the it, i think it's like uh the destination x maybe i forget what it is but um <laughs> what is it no unbreakable sorry there it is unbreakable 2005 for tna that's our last robert and oh I what would, a what a memorable show that was uh, robert robert no and i Robert and I will both be reviewing it. The reason I'm doing that one is on my last TNA one is because that's the famous Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, triple threat match for the X division title that got a bunch of new people excited about wrestling, a bunch of new people into wrestling. So I feel like I can't leave TNA until we review that match. So I'm making, I, and partially because I I'm forcing Robert to watch one of these fucking pay-per-views because I've had to watch like five or six. Yeah. Cause you only have me watch real quality shows and this is the, the one-off. Uh, I don't know if Daniels and AJ and Joe can top Savage and Hogan in a cage, but you know, we'll see. I know both those matches equally as influential to Will Ospreay. So very excited. I think Havoc 96, we get Piper and Hogan in a cage. So sure that'll be great too oh god (laughs) yep it's so funny like people were like oh the nwo changed everything wcw but they still went back to old wwe main events like they still they still were like yeah we'll just do it with a little nwo dust this time no there's nothing worse than a company just parading out a bunch of ex wwe guys as their own and running a show uh on an unrelated note excited to talk about dynamite uh hey look they ran they ran a show in the crown jewel of wrestling new york city according to tony god <laughs> i mean it is i, I will say, before we we'll get to dynamite we've got to talk um we got to talk premium current events first but yes. we'll and, and I, got, I got another segment rebook that shit but we'll talk dynamite but i will say and i think scott will agree with this that when Tony comes on screen or cuts a promo or makes a speech, the entire vibe changes. <laughs> it it becomes just like, what are we watching? Like kids tell the news, you know, like it is. I mean, he was he dude, he like mugs for that camera. I've never seen it where like I think he's I mean, Scott, do you think he's gotten worse? Because I, I think he may have gotten worse because he's gotten like more confident and never fixed anything yeah he's the kind of guy that he he speaks in a way that you go is he losing his hearing <laughs> he, was he always me. comes across as a guy that like dad never said i love you like that's the vibe that tony has now i'm curious because you guys were at grand slam last year your grand slam this year last year aw like you know all the momentum everyone's really excited this is fantastic now with all the stuff that happened with punk and the bucks when tony was on screen was there a different vibe in the audience than there was last year like are people starting to turn on him or are they all still well, they like- were not as pro as tony last year but it, they didn't turn on him yeah uh, i would I, I i would say more look i mean people definitely cheered for tony nobody booed tony i mean not that i could hear uh more indifferent you know he comes on and everyone goes oh tony khan okay and then we all kind of go, Ugh. and then I think everyone starts laughing towards the end of it. Like we're we enjoy it because we're all just kind of laughing at whatever he unravels into. You know, he only talks for like thirty seconds, and you know, it just starts with screaming and ends with shrieking. It's hard to talk it's, with cotton mouth. It's also <laughs> tough just because, like, as much as we've bitched about like Vince and Stephanie and Bischoff, they're like 
a million times better of a promo than Tony is, you know? Well, dude, there's also this great thing that we forget, and I'm sure it happens at every Dynamite Rampage, is we all know in between the show, he comes out and talks to the crowd for a minute. But what you forget is that's when most people are rushing to the bathroom or leaving. You know, some people just leave before Rampage starts. So it's this guy bugging out about a show that's about to happen, and it looks like the crowd is just... uh is just fleeing from him as he <laughs> screams and begs. And last night, he literally, remember, he fell to his knees thanking everybody. Oh, but oh, since was everybody crazy. was rushing to the bathroom, it looked like this kid who was promising you that the party was about to get better. It was, like, <laughs> so fucking funny, man. We were, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get into Dynamite, you know, results and stuff. But, uh, I well, mean, we just yeah. were cracking up most of the night. It was. No, his, we're going to also his... talk about Rampage, but we'll do a spoiler thing. I, uh, yeah, I mean, should we spoil it or should we just? I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll Meltzer here, here, Here's what. Okay, we're not. We're not Meltzer. Meltzer we're a good quality it. show. We'll we'll see how it gets when we when yeah we get yeah. to when it. We get there. If not, we can push Rampage to the uh, the Patreon. Yes. Something oh, tells me. Smart. Something tells me the bright side of Ace Steel and Johnny Ace won't go the full hour. That's true. <laughs> um, that's, going out on a limb, but no. But Tony Khan's energy is definitely Martin Prince from The Simpsons getting a pool. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's his thing. Like it, it, I, I always, my favorite part of any NFL draft is when they cut to the Jaguars' war room and Tony's sitting by himself. Two years in a row. Nobody around him. Like he's finally amongst his people and just wants that oh, adulation. Gee. Like speaking of which, I've never felt more handsome. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, it was like fucking Beetlejuice's waiting room last night. <laughs> was, uh, oof, yeah, the, the camera guys were working hard to try to find shots that weren't just like all the same looking guys. Um, well, the, the only like there was like two hot girls I saw, and one was wearing like a like uh like clearly they're all they're all acclaimed and gun club fans the only attractive people are acclaimed and gun club fans max caster must do pretty good that's all i'm saying there were some handsome guys there bowens could be doing well you don't know you don't oh yeah well man. yeah well we'll get to it um that that was that was amazing but let's start off with premium current events uh big wwe news there was the uh, there was the announcement that Roman Reigns would be going up against Logan Paul. This started with Triple H was on Logan Paul's show. Uh, th they kind of handled the, I mean, they, they handled the, the rollout of this amazingly. You know, you can want or not want to hear the match, but th the way they handled the rollout was like perfect, where they had it on mainstream media, then you put it on SmackDown, and then you have a press conference, <laughs> and you show in that press conference that the guy that you hired who hosted a show in the suicide forest is still more professional than CM Punk. Um, it, it's kind of crazy, but um, you know, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul, this does, it feels like it's a real carnival match, man. You know, I think, I think it is the match to go with right now. I do kind of wish that it was at, you know, survivor series or, 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 or somewhere bigger that we could, we could really hear the reaction because with Saudi, you never really know. It really doesn't usually matter. It's almost a surprise when somebody's over in Saudi. Um, but yeah, uh, are you excited about this, Robert? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the part of the challenge you have with Crown Jewel is it makes an inordinate amount of money for the WWE. And at the end of the day, 
publicly traded company who needs to appease stockholders. And if you have a guaranteed massive WrestleMania style payday, you got to keep that going. They don't have the, the bench of legends anymore. You can't pull out Triple H or The Undertaker uh, because physically they, they just can't really do it anymore. Uh, a lot of their other legends are, are in AEW right now. So you have to rely on the main roster. And part of the Roman Reigns, not problem, but one of the Roman Reigns issues is, you know, we're not getting Roman losing until we get to Mania when it's Cody or, or The Rock. But, you know, most likely Cody. So you can only build up so many challengers. That, man, But it seems like they're going with The Rock. I know they want it to be The Rock, but more realistically, it's it's going to be Cody. Um, I don't even, I think it'd be cool if it's The Rock. I, I think Cody's the honestly the better option for longevity, but that's a totally separate conversation. I think the problem is you build up guys just for Roman to slaughter them. So you look at the options that you have. It's like, do you run Drew and Roman again? That's not a big enough match for the for Crown Jewel to be happy, for the Saudis to be like, man, this is a huge buzzworthy event. Logan Paul. What is that? What makes them happy? Like, uh, like well, they, they heard... wanted Andre the Giant. So, well, I know. So yeah. The I think they want like the cast of Party of Five. Dan, you're, you're getting right. Yes. They wanted <laughs> Nev Campbell, Lacey Party, Chabert, Party of Five versus Scott uh, Wolf, my so called life whoever the fifth one is. Um, yeah. In a traditional Survivor Series match. And it'd, be, it'd be great. <laughs> they, they want big spectacle. They want it like people that you've heard of on a national and international scale. That's Logan Paul. Logan Paul is a, a freak show attraction, but more importantly, he's really entertaining in the ring. Everything we've seen him do, he doesn't look like a total buffoon. And this is a perfect opportunity you know, for WWE. Is like, you know. But you're but the nice thing is, on the one hand, you're getting something that's gonna get mainstream coverage to some degree because it is wacky international star Logan Paul against biggest star in the WWE Roman Reigns in the same way that the Mayweather. And then on the other hand, you're going to get all these process stories that are attacking WWE for running a show in Saudi Arabia and people who hate Logan Paul, which is still going to get eyeballs on this event. So it's a win-win across the board. The, the Saudis are happy in that they're getting a huge attraction with a major international celebrity for whatever celebrity means in 2022 It'll be a good match. And yeah, you're not getting the, the audience burying Logan Paul and burying and, and cheering Roman Reigns, but you're getting a, a huge spectacle where Logan Paul can lose and you're not damaging your main roster. And it's an interesting little story for right now. Uh, Scott, are you more excited about Ro Roman versus Lo Logan Paul or MJF versus John Moxley? Oh, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, you know, I'm going to enjoy MJF Moxley more, but I think this is the perfect Reigns match right now. I can't think of a better one and not even like in an insulting, oh, they don't have a guy to go. They have a lot of guys that could go for him. And this is the most fun choice when you have a show like Saudi Arabia coming up, because we know those shows don't matter. That's a big reason we fucking hate them. And so to have a match that doesn't matter, it it matters now if that makes any like if this was a major show we'd all be complaining why is the world title well, you know it's funny we say that but like we've had a couple world title changes at these shows we've had you know um like wrestlemania main events determined at the show sure, but we never give a shit though i, I guess what i mean is the lead up to them we do not care about this is something i'm like genuinely i'm very interested in seeing this match i think it's going to be really really good 
uh, I think it helps Roman's legacy too. Like, I just think it helps all the way around. I just think it's awesome. Uh, yeah, the right few to do. Cause otherwise you're going to have like the people complaining about Roman. I think if you put him with anybody else, the complaints would be even louder because you are exposing somebody or kind of burying somebody, you know, you, cause everybody you can give him right now can't really afford to lose yet. And so give him Logan now until someone can afford to lose. I, I think still, it's perfect. Have, I think it's the best. Yeah. Like, I literally can't think of a better one. I do not understand the hate. No, you still have Kevin Owens if you need to build somebody up for a couple months from now. But all due respect to Owens, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns doesn't appeal to the Saudi audience the way that they would want also, it to. Also, he's lost like three times towards Roman. Yeah, but he's been built. He's been pushing to get some kind of a rematch. Um yeah, Obviously, you, you can't use Sami Zayn in that spot. You don't want to put Drew in there again for, for another rematch. And Roman Carey and Cross would feel very strange. Uh, and you can't. And you don't have to, Yeah, you don't have enough time to build like Braun up to have him killed by Roman. So this I'm, appeases I'm, I'm a lot. I'm telling you, when, when you put like main event guys in matches in Saudi Arabia, there's a weird taste. Like it, no one looks forward to it. And this is the first time I've ever seen anybody giving a shit. So kudos. What Scott, what celebrity manager do you most like want to see right now in this climate? I'm going to go with Veer versus Shake from Love is Blind. Oh, wow. Shake from Love is Blind. I remember him. He, he was the guy who was like, hey, uh, he just exposed the show and then they acted like he was the bad guy. Yeah, because like, he kept here trying for to... bullshit reasons. And they're like, how could you say a thing like that? <laughs> <laughs> and he's and, the and greatest. America agreed with everybody else. Man, that pissed me off so much. I, 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 he, he exposed it. I think what got him in trouble is when he was being like, okay, he was trying to see how fat the girls were. Being like, if I dropped a rotisserie chicken in front of you, <laughs> would you use a fork and knife or would you just jump on it like a caveman? Like he's a he's a better heel manager than most of the AEW guys they have. Like he's better than Mark Sterling at getting heat. And you want to see him get like I would love to see him managing Sutton Singh. <laughs> that would be well, a hell of a lot of fun. That, that motherfucker is big. We saw we saw him last night. Holy wow! Shit. Was we he saw him outside parking of the cars. Ring. What the hell was he doing? Dude, he dude, wasn't he... on the show. Oh well, who was it? Well, spoiler: he was on Rampage. Oh, he was part of the Rampage gimmick. Okay. I do not think that's a spoiler. He's he's been on every Rampage. <laughs> oh, the, I think. the Rampage Golden Ticket Battle Royal. Well, we won't say where he was, but he was in. He was somewhere. Golden Ticket Battle Royal is what Abushi and Kenny do. Sorry, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> and anyway. uh yeah, outside of the ring, he was taller than some of the guys in the ring. Legit. It was pretty amazing to see. But that's the extent of, of him. That's why Vince would have loved him. That's why Vince loved oh, Kali. Yeah. It was yeah, he's more a just... guy you walk out and then you walk right back in. The thing know? is, he doesn't look as monstrous as Kali. Kali, like, looked crazy. But That's because Kali couldn't swing his arms proper. Like, this guy has, like, a hold of his limbs a little better. Yeah. Right. But Kali looked like he had an extra row of teeth. Like, it was terrifying. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Um, and that huge, like, barrel chest. Like, Sutton's thing just looks like a very tall dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, Kali was Groot. Yeah, he was... Uh, no, people like Groot. He, oh, he was an effort. Groot was a better yeah. promo. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember yeah, Groot, Groot dancing and bringing... Jo well, wait, actually, he did on a much larger scale. Let's get to <laughs> our next segment. So, basically, what he was saying is Groot shanky. Yeah, yeah, Groot, Groot is like an over-shanky. Rebook that shit. Um, this is a question I have for you guys. All right. So hypothetically, let's say 
the fight never happened after the media scrum. And all these guys sat down and they're like, look, we have a golden opportunity here to make some real business, to create some real business. How would you book if Punk and the Elite were still in the picture? Robert? Oh, if so if the fight didn't happen, mm -hmm. you still make it seem like the fight happened. You play up the Brett Sean unsafe working conditions thing where they had like the hair pulling fight and like you let it leak out the exact same way this did of was this real was this fake of you know the Bucks confronted him you know there's a lot of hearsay there's a lot of you know what the hell happened you let Sean Ross Sapp and all these guys run with the rumors of oh, I heard this really happened or there was a real fight or whatever it is um you you have the Bucks on on dynamite come out and and apologize and say look we're we're EVPs we've been around this business for years and have had people talk shit about us and we we handle it we address it the way you do in a locker room you have to behave differently when you're a vice president you know we apologize we're we're willing to you know accept the suspension whatever it is and you have punk come out and basically say like no this is this is unsafe working conditions i have a contract i'm your world champion tony if you don't fire these guys I'm leaving and I get guaranteed pay and I will sue this company because I will sue these EVPs. I'll come after you. I'll come after the Jaguars. I'll come after your soccer team uh, and force Tony to basically have to fire the Bucks. You let the Bucks go do indie dates for, for a while because they have all these relationships anyway with all these little indie shows and get this groundswell of the crowd constantly wanting the bucks back you plant signs and then have the signs ripped off while they're on like the guy holds up a sign you have security come and take it like they're playing this like legitimately like shit happened the bucks are gone and you get the audience to keep building up wanting to see the young bucks back until you get them to return and they're a much hotter property at that point and you can set up kenny and the bucks versus punk and whoever you want to put him with and have punk be the shitty Shawn Michaels prima donna uh, that he is in real life. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, you know, I almost like, but the one thing I think is missing that I would love is, you know, like usually we get so annoyed at WWE for those generic heel promos where they turn on the fans. But I think CM Punk cutting a promo, turning on the fans for all the reasons he's listed and almost becoming, you know, the Jim Cornette, like becoming what he used to hate would be uh would be an awesome an awesome promo and maybe some sort of two like i could see him teaming up with mjf just to be like well fuck these fans i'm gonna uh you know like similar to how vince injected poison in the wwe with the nwo he's like all right well i'm gonna get behind mjf as world champion and try to take over the company this way well what uh, kind of sucks is the the cut up but the mjf character fits better for punk calling out tony khan burying the company and saying you know fuck AEW like look I left a place that was run by a bunch of sycophants and idiots who didn't belong in their positions and now I'm here and it's even worse this company sucks pay me my money and and screw you all that's a fun character the problem is we have it on screen with MJF it's kind of like the uh Matt Hardy Edge situation but on TV it was Edge and Kane in the exact same story of who fucked Lita <laughs> um lead god us. that was the perfect no. pitch for what should happen by the way no thank you yeah i mean scott do you have anything to add well it, you know it's such a tough situation with with the elite punk storyline 
because um, the matches you'd want to end with, right? I, ideally, you'd want to do a trios match with Punk and FTR versus uh, versus the Elite, right? And then you would eventually want to get to the biggest match, which is Young Bucks versus FTR and Punk Omega. Now, the problem is the real storyline is it ends at Hangman Punk, which we've seen already and we don't really care about too much, you know? I would care about it now. I would care about it now. I, I do, but but in, in, in order of things, you care about it more than seeing Punk Omega? Nobody would care about I mean, Punk Omega is a dream thing, you know? We've never gotten that stare down. We've never got anything like that. So... You want it to end there, but it can't because it has to be Hangman. And so that's really a tough situation. Where you have yeah, to introduce I mean, another be, guy. And, you, you know, that I guess that could be MJF for, for Punk's side. The only shade we have, in, well, we've seen the shade of CM Punk in his personal life, but we've never seen it in his character, would be, you know, like, I'm going to... I'm going to, I'm the demented locker room leader. Like he still sees himself as a hero, even though he's not. Um, because my concern about him going full MJF is that MJF's getting cheered now, you know, and you don't want, and CM Punk is very good at getting cheered when he's anti-establishment. But if he's like actively acting corny, I don't think people are going to be in his court. I, I like last night, they they uh they cut to the Titan Tron. You know that guy who beat MJF on a fluke during the Punk feud. He came out and he has Chicago like he has Chicago flags or whatever in his in his Titan Tron, and people booed the fuck out of him, dude. Like it was it was pretty surprising. Like Hangman got real, got mostly cheered, and there's there's definitely there's a palpable feeling that everybody fucking hates this guy right now their audience hates this guy so he definitely can't come back as a baby face i mean that's for sure i mean it sounds like you're pitching punk bringing back straight edge society kind of yeah it, and it could be it could literally be the cult of personality and you just have the guys who feel that they're not being utilized properly aligning with punk Serena Deeb. Been, Serena Deeb, FTR, and Miro. I, I, Miro. I feel like Miro's out unless he's like doing voice recordings. Where where's this guy been? So you I was know? gonna ask you, like, did, was he wasn't there at all last night, right? No, he was not. That felt really weird because I was watching and I'm like, they they we could say, but like there were so few matches on Dynamite, which I get because you had a bunch of stuff advertised, and when they said a battle royal, I thought oh, this is a chance for them to do something with Miro. And I didn't think I saw was scanning the spoilers, his name anywhere, which feels like a huge gap. Yeah, I mean, again, unless he's legit doing something, maybe he's one of those guys. You Look, I heard a rumor that, and, and what, Dan did too, right? What, between like four or six people asked for their releases? Yeah, yeah. The I Alistair mean, one is sure obviously it's... real. If I had to guess... I would say Andrade, obviously, right? Triple H is back. Charlotte's in WWE. Um, I wouldn't miss Andrade. But he's trying to buy 10. That's a huge storyline. That's going to make so much money for them. Oh, my gosh. I'd, I'd, I'd miss I just the don't fuck want Andrade Miro, back on WWE. It feels like Miro could be gone. I mean, dude, Danielson, if if Triple H could, could you know, get him that agreement with New Japan, which I don't know how that would work now that they have a relationship with AEW, I don't see why Danielson wouldn't again be the first guy who doesn't have a contract with anybody and works everywhere, including WWE. 
but yeah except for AEW, i don't think he would be allowed to do that oh yeah wwe wouldn't let that happen no no but, no. but he maybe they would let him do i mean maybe they would let him do um i could i could see i i could see them being like dude yeah go go win the nwa title and danielson being like that was my only dream and everyone's like all right whatever your dream is man <laughs> we just want you to win titles but okay the real titles but okay <laughs> Yeah, no, that was the only, I mean, Miro be, not being there was the only one that was kind of like, huh? Yeah, everybody else showed out. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it sucks because we talk about this. There's a million cool ways they could go with it. And they're unfortunately not going to be able to go with any of them because CM Punk has a personality disorder. <laughs> We were talking about this last night. I, I talked about this with Scott and Mike, but I also talked this about with some other friends. I saw shout out to Chenzo and Mac uh, and Robert Dean. I, I, I was like, they finally gave Punk everything he wanted. They gave him the they gave him the the top position in the company. They gave him the most money. They let him choose who he wants to work with for the most part. You know, choose his storylines, choose his creative. And he still fucked it up. And I think that's going to be the big story from this. Is that so hard to believe that (laughs) he was handed everything he wanted and he still wasn't happy. That's so inconsistent with his entire career. My my argument is it's a better story than what would have happened if that press conference uh, didn't occur or go sour, which is he still would have been out eight months. And I think that's an even more embarrassing story. This guy who comes back and he's written this perfect story and he gets hurt every step of the way oh yeah i I, though i am curious how much of his injury occurred in the match versus whatever may have occurred after the match ah well i I don't know i don't know what x-rays you feel me look at the at the end of the day we're never until everything's legally settled we're not going to hear about anything that happened during this Everyone's on a gag order. They're not mentioning it on TV. They can't mention it on TV. Um, There's obviously probably part of the claim is that Punk either suffered the injury or exacerbated his injury during this legitimate fight with executives at a company. And it, it hurt his overall earning potential, which means, hey, you can't fire me. And on top of which, because I can't earn my money, you better be paying me every cent of my contract. And I also have the right to sue because you may have stopped my ability to earn going forward. Like there's a lot of landmines that exist within it. And it's why nobody is talking about it. It's why you gave Max Caster a live microphone and he didn't mention it. It's why MJF did press all week and made sure to no comment the fuck out of anything with those, those pressers. Like they well, are he did, walking. He like, did put over triple H all week. Well, I'll, I'll get to that <laughs> later. Right. In my bright Every side, excerpt but... was him talking about how triple H is underrated. That guy's so funny, man. Yeah. But, but they, they're in such a precarious position, but, and I saw something that came out about, they had another locker room meeting. Um, and, and it's what I said before. It's there. It's addition by subtraction. Losing the Bucks, losing Kenny, losing Punk is the best thing to happen to AEW right now in terms of locker room morale and opportunities. Like the guys have a chance to step up and you're not dealing with a lot of the politics and bullshit, but you all at the same time, you lose a like the overall show loses a little bit of star power. You know, and to your point, like, you know, like. 
for whatever reason, FTR was taken out of the tag team championship picture. They for did address reason, that on Dynamite. For, I don't know. They, I know they didn't. I don't think they showed. From oh, and FTR wasn't there. That was the other. So, team. so they they did they they did. So I'll, I'll get to that one because I'll I'll leave the Dynamite recap since I had okay. watched the TV broadcast. They did oh, have yeah. okay, FTR great. featured in some capacity. So oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we then did I guess not see that. Zero. Yeah, I heard that they didn't show any of the the pre-tape stuff in the same way. Um, I guess not spoiler, but whatever. For, on Rampage, they did a Ricky Starks uh, Hobbs match that was built up in pre-tapes that they didn't show to the live audience on Rampage. Oh wow! I I know they did show us um, the you know time for the main event thing. Oh, good. That's but yeah, there was legit shit, um, brother. Oh man, I can't wait till we tell you about what uh, we were able to see. It was so all right. Funny. Let's uh, so then let's uh, yeah, let's just... get into it. Um, all right, dynamite or dud, Robert, take it away. So, uh, dynamite opens, crowd looked massive, uh, on TV. They sounded loud, they sounded rabid. The set looked fantastic, same way it looked last year. It looked like a major, major production. Uh, I haven't seen online, but third week in a row, no Jim Ross. I, I hope he's okay. I haven't seen anything. He was on Rampage. He was on. He was on Rampage. That's, yeah, but that's I, interesting. But I know because I could be wrong. You said three weeks in a row, right? That, that's yeah. what I turned to Mike and said I mean, last night. It was right after the media scrum. I think they're afraid he's going to be. Like, he hasn't been on since the media scrum. Um, so he may have been the guy who bit Kenny. Dude, Big Show <laughs> came out to uh, like do commentary for one match, and that was the longest entrance of the night. <laughs> That sounds. It, that sounds. About they right. thought he was, was Punk's dog. Oh, oh man, it was crazy, dude. Like, and we also realized that he hasn't changed his gimmick. It's still no more BS, Paul White. I had no idea that they were still going with that. <laughs> well, people kept thinking he was going to come out as Captain Insano from Waterboy. Well, that's like because they, goddamn Tony Khan kept Tony keeps teasing Captain him, Insano. Give me but, Captain Insano. Who gives a fuck about Captain Insano? All, all oh dude, come on, look, that would be I, fun. I, look, I care about him in the way. Uh, someone who's watching Rampage at 10 p.m. on a Friday night should care about like people yeah. watching Rampage at 10 p.m. Sh should care about Captain. I, I care about Captain Sano the same way I care about Dan Housen. Where I'm like, Look, oh, this is like a fun thing to add. I will say this: I will, I would pop louder, and 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 I know this for a fact because Paul White walked out last night. I would pop harder for Captain Insano than Paul White or the Big Show. Uh, clearly, if he came at his knucklehead, that would be the that's the money. That's that's the. Yeah, but that's... they can't get those rights. Those Him are riding super on his father's casket. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> like while Beach Boys, I get around. Place I yeah, will yeah, never, yeah. I will Sleep never John like. No, I will never even ironically like that because the very first pay per view I went to was Armageddon '99, which was main evented with Big Show versus Boss Man. Well, it was because actually made with then it was made. Oh, I know what the main event. The real main event was Hunter and Vince fighting all over the arena. But the the for the like the the title match was Big Show and Boss Man, and I and I got my like my dad took me to it, and he's watching Big Show riding his father's coffin, and looked at me. He's like, "How do you watch this?" <laughs> and I'm like, I, "So anyway, uh, right, Robert, you take it away. I'm gonna grab a diet coke. Grab a diet away." All right. Um, yeah. So they, they open with the uh, Ring of Honor world title match, which I was already underwhelmed because it's like Excalibur is like, I'm here with Taz. I'm like, this is great. I'm excited. Uh, and I'm here with Tony. Awesome. And I'm here with Ian, the guy from Ring of Honor. I'm like, oh, fuck. yeah, uh, <laughs> that dude added like less than nothing to this. Uh, he's not as bad as Bobby Cruz. Bobby Cruz is such a low rent ring announcer compared to justin roberts like it's not even funny 
And it was strange to open Dynamite with Ring of Honor, um, but they bring out Jericho first. Crowd went absolutely fucking, but at least on TV, bananas for that Jericho uh, introduction. Um, it sounded like everybody was there just to sing Judas. Uh, Claudio came out. Everyone I'll tell you was, the intro that like everybody went insane for was Taz. People well, yeah, you're in that. Queens. Yeah, you an ape shit for Taz. Yeah, they gave him like was, a fucking hero's welcome. Well, you know, I'm sure a lot of people from Red Hook were in that crowd, um, <laughs> or at least like working there. But, he, walked, uh, he walks out like Lieutenant Dan, and we are like, "You got no legs." He's just like, "No, this is just me. It's my height." <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does look like Hank Hill's dad, as far as how he walks. <laughs> he walks exactly like Hank Hill's dad. Yeah, he's and, like he and, walks on stilts, but it's like these are the tiniest stilts. Why wouldn't you pick bigger stilts? <laughs> fun, fun fact: Taz has no sense of humor about his height. Uh-oh. whatsoever <laughs> even in private uh anyway uh jericho and claudio have a match the for at least on tv the most awkward part of the match is kerry silken was there brother yes i fucking jumped up and yelled at him i mean they, nobody heard they it, but spotlighted I was very kerry silken they put him over as the influential former owner of ring of honor who brought it to a national stage oh shit mike's uh mike's coming in guys Oh the guy, shit! The guy who keeps quitting our show but comes yes. back every week. The 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 Carrie Silken of our podcast. <laughs> My um, buddy Damon calls him a part timer. <laughs> yes. The uh, so the, there was a part where Jericho hid behind Carrie Silken and then hit Carrie, but clearly missed him, and Carrie didn't know what to do and just fell awkwardly like the I can't get up lady. And the announcers are going nuts. It's like this is the most heinous thing that Jericho's ever done in his career. How dare he! Uh, and then the finish, it looked like Claudio botched it where he forgot to go run at Aubrey to like lead to the distraction. And it came across really uncomfortable on TV, but the, the crowd was super into this match, at least how it sounded on TV. And Jericho is now the, uh, the eight time uh, world champion. Uh, so, let, well, you know, everyone went to this thing live. We're going to go match your matches. I want to know what this felt like in person. Scott, I'll start with you. Okay. Um, we thought it was going to start with acclaimed versus swerve in our glory. Everyone thought it was starting with right. that. And so God bless Chris Jericho and Cesaro. Uh, Claudio, Jim Ross, his name is Claudio. Oh shit, Claudio, yeah. And so, look, I was there last year at, Ar- at Arthur Ashe and they started with Omega and Danielson and the vibe was a dream. It was demented. This was very cool. It wasn't that, you know? What was that was the victory. For me, Chris Jericho holding up the Ring of Honor title felt very, very cool. And I understand it completely for business reasons, even for, for storyline reasons. It, it, it hurts that Claudio, you know, loses. And he's one of those guys along with Danielson where you're like, okay, unless you ask for your release, we are going to finally get the fire under your ass storyline, right? The, the now I'm unstoppable because I lost a big match and – and I'm, I'm broke now. I can't do this anymore uh, because I, I want to see him on a run and I don't want to see him lose to fucking low blows, you know? But I did enjoy the match. I noticed the carry botch. I obviously noticed the botch at the end. But yeah, the crowd was electric and and that was very, very cool. Yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by this match. Uh, to Scott's point, you know, I, I think I turned to Mike after it and I was like, it is very cool to see Chris Jericho with the Ring of Honor title. It's... Uh, you know, it just feels like this is a real bold booking move. So I, they did, what- I will say, because this was what they told on TV and obviously not 
live was they made a big deal at the beginning of the match that Jericho at first wouldn't shake Claudio's hand uh, and then subsequently did. And the, the, the narrative that Ian kept pushing was that Jericho is the antithesis of everything Ring of Honor stands for as a company that's for wrestling and not sports entertainment. And this is a dark day for the the Ring of Honor brand and its integrity because it's around <laughs> Chris Jericho's waist. Like they try, that's the story they're clearly going that's with going point. forward. I, I do kind of like that. Sorry, Dan, I'll let you. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I, you couldn't have said it better. Hey, brother, uh, and for the time being, you know what you do since they do it anyway? Uh, put Jericho on Rampage. I mean, he's, he does commentary on Rampage anyway, but have Jericho and the Ring, Ring of Honor title on Rampage for a little while. Oh, geez. Hey, I can't believe I'm saying this now. I'm sorry. I should have said this up top. I'm going to be at the Milwaukee Tap Room Friday <laughs> and Saturday night. So this tonight, if you're in Milwaukee, I have a show tonight and then two shows tomorrow on Saturday. That's it, guys. I just didn't, in, in case any, anyone ducks out before this ends. That was uh, incredible. Who, who would leave our show early? That Mike, was what like, were your thoughts on this match? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? What were your thoughts on Jericho and Claudio, guy who's already playing with action? When figures? Mike comes in the show, he always sounds like he's coming out of the water, like the creature from the Black Hole Gun. I literally just woke up. Um, yeah, Mike wakes up like Pooh Bear. <laughs> no, no, no pants. That's why the camera's off. Yeah, and, and just covered in honey. Um, <laughs> no, and, and, and because I have Crohn's, I'm always grumbly in my tumbly. Um, hey, are you can you st- sit up or uh, just a little, a little garbled that's all you sound a little is, jim is ross better it's a little better yeah Yeah, you're fine okay like um no i thought i thought that this was fun i mean it it is like it is so interesting the inconsistency of the jericho character where it's like he wrestles uh danielson and He's doing the Lionheart gimmick, but then here it's like the, oh no, he's the worst thing that could happen for Ring of Honor. Like, but just as a, it is it is interesting. Like going live, like a lot of the cynicism and the nitpickiness that you have when you're watching on television, just like a lot of it just goes away because you're just a part of a crowd and it's really fun. And I mean, I thought that as an opener. You, you got all like the big spots you wanted. I thought this really worked well. Um, I fucking, I will always pop for the airplane <laughs> spot. Um, and so silly uh, now, but yeah. the silk and stuff, it was so funny because, like, you know, I like who the fuck is that? And then, and then Scott, I, I love it. I love it when other people get to sound like me at a Marvel movie. And Scott's like, that's Carrie Silkin. Like, Scott, Scott, ha- like half the time during this show was our Excalibur. <laughs> and he's like, that's that's the guy who owns Ring of Honor. And I was like, doesn't Tony own Ring of Honor? Carrie <laughs> Car- Silkin is the ultimate uh, Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight is and it is amazing because like, yeah, when you watch live, the botches are so much more obvious because just the awkward way like people move when they fuck up and everything. You're like, oh, that doesn't because like especially match like this, like someone like Claudio especially moves so like fluidly that when you see something that doesn't feel that fluid, it really sticks out. Um, but it was I, I thought it was fun. I 
begrudging Danny Garcia is kind of a fun character where I love I love the idea that someone who hasn't left the faction but just clearly wants to <laughs> kind of like you know like uh it's like being the most talented person in an improv group oh yeah robert so we did see that backstage segment that was one that they did show the crowd the um danny garcia backstage after jericho celebrating you know being like we got to talk we got to talk i love that i thought that was really really awesome did they like acknowledge like did they acknowledge the reason they have to talk at all Oh, okay, I, I okay so that'll be for next yeah. week. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, so the the second match, because the, so the first match, big title match, title change, you want to give the crowd something different. So we got Swerve in Our Glory against the Acclaim for the uh, AEW <laughs> World Tag Team titles. Swerve in Our Glory came out with a, a, a rapper that they barely identified. Then the Acclaim came out with a DJ, and Excalibur talked about how he is the king of mixtapes because they really know their audience that's watching uh, Dynamite um the the crowd for this again was white hot on tv it sounded like all you guys wanted to do was do the the scissor chant and then uh taz had probably line of the night when it was uh scissor me daddy ass tony you've heard that before right uh, it was great uh mash was a lot of fun it felt a little bit more botchy than the one they had on pay-per-view but the audience was super excited for it Boombox finish was a little lame at one point, but uh, it didn't matter. This thing felt like a a party. Uh, Dan, was this fun? Oh, well, yeah. there was the boombox finish, and then there was the boomer Billy finish. It was uh, I, it was a blast. I mean, we all had a we all had fun. I didn't even know. You're right. It probably wasn't as good as the pay per view match, but I mean, we had such a fun time. And you know, it was one of those things where everybody knew who was going to win, but everybody was like super excited about it and they still told a great story i thought with the injury it wasn't the best work rate match of the night that actually surprisingly happened on rampage but as far as like the most satisfying match to watch as a pro wrestling fan this this beat everything mike this is the main reason like like to me this was the main event um it was really fucking fun uh it was botchy it wasn't as good but we were all there to see this, to be there for this. Um, we we scissored uh, each other during the entrance. And then Dan was like, oh, God, I can't believe we just did that. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was like, never again. <laughs> but we, we looked like anyone that they've ever shown on camera when the acclaim comes out. <laughs> well, I was also very scared of the fireworks, like a golden retriever. We were seated right behind the fireworks and the fireworks first shot up scott caught my face and it was just pure fear yeah that, that was <laughs> hilarious um and and uh no but the match itself you know it's, it is interesting like because I, I i did like read thoughts online and people are like uh you need to protect them why have it screwy and look i probably would have thought that when i was on you know if i was watching on tv but like just being there wanting to see them win and them win like i will say it's a little weird that <laughs> that uh there were three um new champions tonight and only one got confetti like if and 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 the jericho character especially being a sports entertainer and winning a 
a pure, distinctive championship. If anyone should have gotten confetti in storyline-wise, it should have been him having a sports entertainer celebration for a title. But, I mean, yeah, you know, it was fucking fun. And You, get, you uh, give Moxley also- confetti and he just angrily stands in it. <laughs> he's tried, he tries blowing it well it is it is my hope Mike, because at it. they said next week they're doing a like a jericho appreciation summit or something like that to, to celebrate their appreciation so i'm hoping he makes them do twice as much confetti because he didn't get confetti this week like that oh, would be funny. a fun callback the one thing that i was like yeah the confetti's very like oh confetti is just paper that's been scissored so hey that, i'll say this i've been i've been to wwe events where the winner has confetti at the end and usually at some point during the dark match a few confetti pieces fall down from the rafters you know like throughout the night a little bit of confetti falls and you know what's going to happen yeah but these I, were confetti went, cannons so you didn't oh have that. that's why there we go yeah. that's why yeah, the confetti you got to do with confetti cannons i mean they evolved the confetti for sure they they dropped uh, they dropped confetti when I won roast battle, and I looked like Dan when fireworks went off. <laughs> 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 now nah, this was not, but I was going to say yeah, like that. I, I do think like and and Dan said it during the match, like everyone's doing their roles perfectly. I mean, yeah, Keith Lee now knowing that he was supposed to be the heel in this match, like all that stuff. It. It fucking worked and atmosphere wise, like you could tell he, this Keith Lee was phenomenal here. too because people booed him and then his offense is so baby faced, you just start cheering him. I mean, like I I would say to me that this was the main event just in the set. Like I think a comment that people have had about this show is there was no Omega Brian type match, but there's only like one of those, and it was Omega and Brian, and they did it. like yeah and but this this i think really shows the promise of the future of this company that you have these guys that have only been around like i mean they literally say established 2020 and uh they're already this fucking over and you know the thing is it's like i think what's so great is these guys remind you of the fun of the attitude era without the cynicism or problems like there is genuinely something empowering about like a gay black man doing vince russo type shit and having fun with (laughs) it's like it's so i mean the scissor me daddy like it's so silly and when you see those shirts in person you're like, yeah, I can't especially because guys come to the shirts looking serious, and they're yeah. wearing scissor me daddy ass shirts. It's the fucking best, man. Yeah, but it's like they did such a good job of building these guys, giving them this moment. Like, yeah, technically there was no reason they should have had this rematch, but fuck it, it's wrestling. Give the people what they want, and that's what they did. What I love the most is knowing that this is a very reserved arena that usually just holds like u.s open events the fact that the staff was seeing thousands of people wearing scissor me daddy ass shirts had to make them wonder what the fuck they were actually working that night so after this match in the back there was a uh a, a ftr interview 
that was clearly pre-tape, but it was congratulations to the acclaimed on winning the tag titles. Man, what a great match. Like it felt like award show awkward. And then they pointed out, hey, uh, we've been number one contenders since April. Uh, it'd be cool if we got a title shot. And then the uh, gun club show up to say, you know, all you guys do is complain about not being used and not being on TV uh, when there's a reason. And it's because we're the better version of FTR. And uh, now we're going to see a gun club FTR feud going forward. So oh, they did at least acknowledge that these guys have not gotten a title shot. And somehow they're they're basically turning them into Bret Hart in that all they do is whine and complain. <laughs> and uh, then the, the gun club made fun of them for being short and old. So that's uh, that's money right there. Speaking of money. Wheeler well, hey, Yuta comes you need, out. Oh. You, you need to establish the gun club in a claimed situation. I don't know. You probably don't, right? What the fuck are they doing? I mean, you it, at least got FTR on TV. So, yeah, that's you great. know, there's gun, there's that. I tell you what, gun, gun club is there to take the titles off, the Ring of Honor titles off FTR. That's that's why they're there. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't think, I just don't no, think. No, not to I take them I, off, just to defend them. Just to defend them. I don't know, man. I just think that no. everybody who thinks that FTR is going to be covering all these titles. It just doesn't seem like that's Tony's plan. Well, I told you next week they're, uh, or no, October 1st, they're wrestling in England, the new, putting up the New Japan titles, and it feels like they might lose them. So I don't know. And, and, but, and hopefully sometime in 2023, they'll be wrestling in Saudi Arabia. So <laughs> fingers crossed. Well, what else was I going to say? Oh, hey, oh, my opinion on the Swerve match, though, is uh, Swerve was like my main takeaway of the match. I thought he was so great in it. Him and, Keith oh, told great. Him, him and Keith told an awesome story. And, and I liked how it ended because, one, the acclaimed can fucking cheat because they're young guys. So when young guys cheat against veterans like that, there's like a – you can cheer for it. Like, they didn't do it in a cocky way. I don't know. It, it, it's like a fuck it. Those – you know, uh, Swerve would have done the same thing type of idea, you know? But what I also like about it is Swerve was right. Swerve was arguing with Billy Gunn, and Keith Lee was like, don't worry about him. And it turns out he had to worry about him. And, th and then we got a fame master which was my favorite move to do in, in uh, on the trampoline. They did great camera work a couple times during this match where Lee would hit a big move. Like he hit the Hurricanrana on Anthony Bowens and they, they did a close up of his face of him like smiling and it, you could hear the mixed reaction to the crowd. And it was kind of fun. Like this like smirk of like, all right, I, I, I can kind of see what's going on. Like he was telling the story well. Uh, and, and yeah, the, the Billy Gunn interference only happened after there was a boombox shot. So it was a little tit for tat. It felt like when Austin uh, helped Foley win the title, like it, you gave the crowd what they wanted. Nobody, nobody's upset. Uh, and speaking of giving the crowd what they want, Wheeler Yuta came out to cut a promo. Um, and uh, he was interrupted by, by MJF, which was uh, super weird for me to see. Cause I've literally booked this segment before, but uh MJF and, and Wheeler it went was back like and rock forth. and Jericho, but not at all. <laughs> not at all. It was like a rock and Jericho. Um, well, a bigger star on, on this night was much more like the rock, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll There's one spoiler we will give for rampage at the end of the episode. We've already been spoiling rampage. I haven't no, heard but this, spoiler, this, but this, yeah. I mean, like Robert, something happens on rampage. Oh, I'm aware. Oh, you already know? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it after right, uh, okay. Dynamite, but uh, so people can, you know, cover their ears. But uh, MJF obviously eats Yuta's lunch on the microphone. They go back and forth, talk about how Max is engaged, muscle tough Max, and uh, how Yuta's like, you know, your wife's going to realize what we all know, that, you know, you're a scumbag. And then uh, MJF uh, 
beats up Shivani, which was kind of fun. And uh, Yuta gets attacked by Morrissey. So I instantly stopped caring about this segment. The highlight of this segment, the highlight of this show, the highlight of this year, if it is not already a GIF, I don't know what is. Three security guards came running out. One of them definitely went into business for himself and started dancing around Yuta like he was like a basketball player trying to defend Shaq. It was the funniest, <laughs> stupidest, worst thing I've ever seen to the point where I thought Max was going to hit this guy. Well, they uh, fucking, they watch these refs go crazy. I mean, that's why I, I really don't like AEW refs. They like watch all these refs hot dogs. So then the security guards are like, well, we should hot dog too. Yes. This guy was dancing around like Belushi and Animal House when he's like doing he's trying to break into the dean's office uh it was it was almost as bad as anything i've ever seen bryce remsburg does bryce remsburg sucks uh mike since i know you love you what'd you think of this segment this was when we went to get food because i got there like just about at eight and wanted to watch the beginning of the show and then they said after the jericho match that the acclaimed was next so i was like fuck i want to see that and then when the acclaim won and all the confetti and shit, I'm like, let's go get food. And there was like, not a big line, but a little bit of a line. And then I heard, and, and then they did keep advertising. Will all they kept saying was Willer, we Wheeler, you will speak tonight. And me and Scott just kept laughing at that. And I was like, yeah, for the <laughs> first time ever in his life. No. Um, and so we went to go get food, and then I heard the fucking MJF theme. I'm like, damn it! <laughs> While getting an all-beef kosher hot dog. And uh, and then um, I, I got back in time to hear some of it, and the, the, the Regal line was hilarious. Um, and, uh, you know, this was, this was, this was fun, uh, what, what I got to see of it. Um, I'm, I'm, I am annoyed I didn't get to see the full promo of my favorite wrestler, but no, man. I mean, that's also like how stacked this fucking show was. And that this really, this show really did feel like a pay-per-view. Like it didn't feel like there was any downtime um, until Rampage, uh, parts of Rampage. But, but the proper dynamite felt like a fucking pay-per-view and it was awesome. Scott, what'd you think of this? Yeah, you put you put Yuta on a tough situation. I will say this: I don't remember the the Grand Slam crowd last year loving MJF. As I mean, obviously he's kind of a babyface at the moment to a lot of people after you know the whole year that we had. But this was worship of MJF, and so Utah was kind of fucked. I felt bad for him, but I was happy I got an MJF promo. So yeah. Dan? Yeah, I mean, I missed a lot of this, you know, because I was out getting uh, hot dogs with Mike, but um, I know I did see Tony get attacked, and I thought, the, is that the first time Tony's been physically attacked in the company? That's uh, the first time he's yeah. fallen, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty cool that they gave it to Max, and I think they knew that, like, I think they knew they needed to do that because him and him and Wheeler is not going to be him and Punk going back and forth. So you, you needed something to make you remember what MJF did in New York, which they kind of had later on too. But well, it was yeah, also but, weird because like earlier in the night, you already had, you know, Carrie get beat up by Jericho and then you had Tony get beat up like 30, 40 minutes later. It was a lot of elder abuse on this show. There was a promo in the back. So this is the weird part. You have Shivani laid out, he's hurt. 
everybody is feeling sympathetic for him. And then they immediately cut to a pre-tape of Tony interviewing Jade Cargill. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus and I'm like, Christ. he's lying on the ground. And they're like, oh, hope Tony's okay. Here's Tony earlier in the day. So Jade Cargill is talking about, she's facing Diamante. So Diamante comes up to confront her with her special guest, Trina. The, uh, the, the hey, remember this rapper from like many years ago? Trina. Uh, and uh, they, they say nothing. It was kind of awkward. And then they all walk away. So I'm really excited for what we're going to get for this on Rampage. Uh, I mean, they, they got my two hours of attention now. Five-star match. Five-star match. I'm, I'm Five-star promo from Trina. Big stars. Big stars out you'll, there. You'll watch that Diamante match and want to live a Monte. That's how good it is. Uh, <laughs> next up was one that came across weird on TV, and I'm curious how it read in the arena. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Pac. The uh, the Orange Cassidy entrance felt like people were into it, but not as loud as the acclaimed or Jericho. And then it just kind of got silent during the match on TV, uh, which which felt odd. In the end, Pac hit Orange Cassidy with a hammer and uh, then uh, then pinned him. Uh, Scott, how would this thing read in person? So in person, I think what happened was kind of what Mike said, where Mike went and got a hot dog after the acclaimed match, like many people. Uh, but then when a lot of people heard MJF's music, they jumped the fuck offline, you know? So after the MJF segment, they hop back online. And if they had to miss it, look, Jane is like one of my favorite songs, literally. And I got up and, and went to take a piss during his entrance. So a lot of other people did too. I think, you know, because of that, a lot of people missed the first few minutes of the match. But by the end of the match, I was I was thrilled. I was freaking out. Like some of my favorite moments of the entire show were watching this match live and just watching Pac sell and watch Orange Cassidy do what he does and talk to Mike about it and just be like, yeah, these uh, these are two of the best. I, I, I loved what I did see of it, which was the last probably six, seven minutes of it, something like that. Dan? Well, it really wasn't close to the Revolution match, partially because – the revolution match was when we all realized Orange Cassidy could go, you know? Sure, so sure. we already knew that Orange Cassidy could go. And we kind of knew that Pac was going to retain um, just because we already had two title changes and this match hasn't been built enough for, but I, I, you know, I'd be nervous. I'm a little nervous how they're booking Orange Cassidy. You know, this is the third, at least the third title match he's lost in a row. Um, I do think you're starting to, you know, hear some of those a little bit of apathy in the reactions because they just assume he's going to lose and i'm not saying you have to book him as strong as the undertaker but he kind of is your undertaker in in in, in a way of like being this really screwy character that shouldn't work in a main position main event position but does um and i think you're starting to like condition the audience to be like all right well this guy's a great attraction but he's never going to win the big one Mike, yeah, it's it's interesting because the yeah, the revolution match. It was hard not to think about that while watching this, but it's like when you saw that that was Orange's in ring debut in AEW, and obviously a lot of people had seen Orange on the Indies and all that stuff, but it was his first time in the company proper, and um, and the whole thing was like, oh the the cartoon character, the lazy guy, you know, is going against like 
you know, one of the toughest dudes in the company, the guy who goes 30 minutes with Omega and, you know, like this is fucking interesting. I've never seen anything like this, but I think at like this point, I feel like I'm looking up the stats now, but I think Orange has wrestled more than Pac has in the company. Orange has like something like 70 wins, 28 losses, and um, Pac has 41 wins and 19 losses. So two and a half years later, like, like I will say, like, what is the Orange Cassidy gimmick? Because he's not lazy. He's wrestled more than most people in the company. <laughs> he's he's but, a possum. Uh, he just has different. Say? He's like a possum. He just has a different set of uh, survival skills than everybody else, you know? But it's funny because he's wrestled so much, but people still have his match. You know? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Instead of, it, yeah like, it, instead of just devouring him immediately. It doesn't bother me. It's just, you know, it's the it's the further thing of AEW having interesting characters and then not booking them to their fullest potential as those characters. Um, him more than anybody, man. Is... He, he got two of my friends into AEW, like two of my friends who don't watch wrestling into AEW. My frustration in it is, sorry, but part of my frustration is it is like Orange Cassidy, Danhausen, Darby, a lot of these guys were fully formed on the indies, and AEW has not done anything really to elevate them. Like Orange's shtick has not gotten better. Well, on I mean, AEW. Being he just on has a AEW bigger audience. Just kind of elevate them. You yeah, know. but he has a bigger audience, but they haven't done anything to capitalize on it or make his character bigger or more iconic. It's the same character I saw him do five years ago. It's just on a bigger stage. They haven't helped him at all and i think that's what sucks because he does come across as an interesting character people were still dressed like him in the crowd they cut to a lot of people dressed like orange cassidy people like to sing his song they clearly still cheer for the same shtick the taking off the sunglasses hands in the pockets whatever it may be AEW has not figured out a way to make more money off of that i think that's what kind of sucks more than anything else yeah because there is something special about him i mean he truly is like one of the best workers and, and and watching him live, like the fluidity of that guy, the way that he fucking moves. And, and, and I mean, obviously Pac is great too. Like they, they really are perfect for each other as, as these two contrasting roles. Um, it's, it's, it's so well done, but then it's just, yeah, it's like, they've decided he has this ceiling and and i would say like outside of the acclaimed the most uh shirts i saw were orange cassidy shirts i would say the acclaimed is the most over tag team they've ever had it's not the best tag team i mean fdr and young bucks are better tag teams but i don't know if there's a tag team they've had that's more over am i, am I wrong about this uh, uh, i think, FP, bunk, I, I think fdr gets massive yeah <laughs> What did you say, Mike? I said the Bucks are about to run into your dressing room. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's 9.30 somewhere. Uh, Britt Baker took on Athena, Serena Deeb, and the interim women's champion, Tony Storm, in a four-way uh, women's match. Uh, the, uh, the story during the match was that Britt Baker's face got busted open and she was uh, bleeding from the mouth. And then after the match... Uh, we got your surprise debut at uh, Grand Slam. It's Soraya. 
and the crowd certainly seemed to be excited to see the former page uh more excited than it seemed that they were for this actual wrestling match dan what'd you think of this i mean i thought there were some fun spots in the match you know it kind of reminded me you know yes like it is is the women's division a little bit like you know, like just kind of replace one for the other right now because nobody is besides Brit is really over. True, that's true. Um, but you know, like I remember in WWE when they were building up challenges for drop for Brock when he was gone, they had like this five way with like Finn and Joe and I, I think Rome. I don't know. It was it was really good. Um, and I think Finn ended up maybe going over and going against Rowe. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it, it was, it was that feeling of, okay, these are five good wrestlers. Um, you know, maybe we can find a star from here. Uh, but the big star was Soraya, man. I mean, she came out to a fucking, you know, hero's welcome. People were super excited to see her for the first time in AEW. People were excited that we're going to get Soraya matches. I mean, I think if anybody deserves I was saying this to the boys last night, but if anybody deserves a a second run in, in the in the women's division, it's it's fucking Soraya, man. It's Paige. So um, I don't know, you know, like we'll see if I mean right now we gotta see if she can go. And that's you know, what does she look like in the ring after being away from the ring so long? And I, I don't think we're gonna know the answer to that until we see her in the ring. I would be a lot if she was coming back to WWE, I'd be a lot less nervous for her in the ring, uh, because she has so many people there that can like kind of carry her rust. But, you know, they don't they don't really have that experience there. But, you know, who knows, man? I mean, she she's such a pro. She, she could be her and Anna fine. Jay is going to be off the chain. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a match or Julia Hart or uh, uh, Diamante Diamante. Um, somewhere like I'm guessing like they had to take away Ruby Soho's shoelaces and sharp objects when she's watching this show. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, Scott, what would you think of this match? I felt I felt for them. I I uh I was like cr- almost cringing for them because so many people were not paying attention or leaving the room and not even making noise while they were leaving the room. It was kind of like they were like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this real quiet," so there wasn't like any type of energy. Uh, and you know they got fatal four ways. You have to like plan. It it, it becomes very contrived, right? And and that's a, a big reason we don't like them. But when you have these mapped out moves and no one's giving a shit, it looks like you're practicing wrestling. And it was it was really tough to see at first. And then I think it picked up and it got fun. Uh, I thought Athena was a big part of that. She probably had my favorite spots in the match. Looking back, oh no, man, Deep had her moments too. There was just, remember that slap off? There was a slap off, right? I mean, there's so many slap offs, but when the girls so were many doing- So many fucking slap offs last sub- night the submissions to uh, two of the women and then two and we're slapping yeah. each other. Like, yeah. no, dude, nobody gave it anything. And I just, I really, really did uh, feel for them. Mike, why uh, did you not cheer for this match? Um, Because I was getting another hot dog. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this, I mean, yeah, like the four way of it, like there was a moment when the crowd woke up because of Athena. And she was doing really cool shit. People were really into it, and then she didn't win, and they just got deflated again. And then, you know, the, the 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 page thing. Like, look, man, I will focus on 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 respectfully getting uh, gender pronouns right. 
I'm still gonna use WWE pronouns sometimes. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's it's she's gonna be Paige for a while to be like Paige is just like I know Soraya is a real name, but like Paige is easier to say. Uh, uh, so yeah, Paige like I, I thought it's just when that, you hear the word Soraya, you don't picture like a pale British lady. No, yeah, no, and then you know? sis usually comes at the end of it. Yeah. I think her real name is like Soraya Knight. Like that's, Soraya that's I just got that Scott. <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's like Soraya Knight. I think that's better than just Soraya. Um, but I thought that like it was interesting because no one knew the music. Like we clearly knew someone important was coming out, and everyone was like looking around. And and then like you you had to wait for the name on the graphic and the person to actually come out and be like oh yeah because like they do that sometimes where just the music cue isn't gonna do anything unless it is like cult of personality or something that you're you're already uh, used to um, cult cabana personality sorry uh, but uh, this yeah I mean. It was, it was fine. I mean, it definitely, I mean, I was saying during the match, I feel like, you know, I, I just don't like four ways that much to begin with. I feel like if you, because Athena was over, I think if you just had her and Tony, that would have meant more than adding all these other people into it. Can I say another reason Athena was over? Because she uses force. And and a really tough thing, I'm going to sound like a dickhead, but when you're watching wrestling in an arena and there's like light people wrestling, uh, you don't hear much. It's kind of, it's hard to explain, but it's not as loud as other matches because there's no weight to them. And like, they're not using their full force. And so it comes off like they're rolling around and playing. And that was, was a lot of this match besides Athena fucking being hard hitting, you know? It was cool to see, you know, uh, a pale British wrestler over, but then they cut Jamie Hader's legs out front of her and brought back <laughs> Soraya. Like, I feel terrible. Like, the ground swell. Jamie Hader is really good. And they were telling yeah, but she's awesome, not ready yet for that spot. That, uh, she's ready for the spot of turning on Britt Baker and having a Britt Baker feud independent of Britt not having anything to do. My concern with Soraya is if she's supposedly cleared and ready to go, she already has the longstanding relationship with the WWE. They were not letting her wrestle because they it was the Brian Danielson thing of like, we can't clear you. She has a good relationship with Hunter. They would have given her a great opportunity there if she was healthy enough to wrestle. So the fact that she's in AEW makes me think maybe there was questions about what her what her conditioning was as far as I WWE. I don't know was. how Listen happy she guy. was there, though. I don't know. She seems well, no, yeah, happy but, in WWE. Yeah, hey, hey, the same the people that structure. said that she can wrestle were the same ones who said Jeff Hardy could drive himself home. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Hardy? Yes. Uh, Jeez, the, Matt. We saw Matt wrestle last night. Man, that guy moves like a fucking scarecrow at this wait, point. Wait, what, what was he on? Dark? Battle Royal. Like if the oh. Tin Man fucked the scarecrow. Yeah. Oh, like the oh guys, we spoiled Matt Hardy's in the battle royal. <laughs> oh wait, I do want to say the Soraya thing, and, and you know we talked about it last night for for marks and and you know big time fans is AEW can say you know this is the person who started the women's revolution because it really was her and AJ Lee, and that is a fun little thing. Now, do I think she's a better wrestler than uh, 
Sasha or any of like the four horsewomen. No, but I think she's super valuable and it's fun. What I would do, and I think it's super important, and I think you all will agree. I, I know Mox is the new champion. He's been champion before. You need to open the show with her on the mic next week. It, it, I, I agree. Yeah. You let you, she doesn't even have to wrestle for a fucking month or two. Well, especially because it's like make her feel things? important for the next month. She yeah. opens the fucking show with a mic in her hand. Do it. Yeah. Especially, you know, the thing that I think like, like me and Scott sometimes clash with Mike on is like, Mike is like, you know, these women should be put in more prominent positions. And our argument is, well, some of them are too green. Um, and this is a this is a situation where she is for sure not green. Um, you can for sure open the show with her and you can kind of, you know, <laughs> give a new give a new coat of paint to the AW women's division, whether they do it or not. I mean, I think what we've seen with Athena and Tony Storm is. You know, it they 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 start out with good intentions and then it becomes kind of the same. But uh, I, I do think that this suggestion from Scott is what would help that division a lot, we, not just we, not just Soraya. We do forget that she's British, though. So the promo, you know, because last night, remember when she started talking shit and you could just see like the way her mouth moved. You're like, oh, well, she I thought she was like, yeah, but United she was Kingdom like, mouth in the Dude, world. It was, it was very touching. It was like when Lashley won the title as a heel. But you saw the tears well in his eyes. Yeah, she was it real was, emotional. It, it was very you could tell oh, she was like Robert, I have a question. Together. Did they did they hang on to the moment or did they cut to a commercial? They they hung on to it for a little bit of her standing in the ring. Okay. Uh and then and because it was weird, like the heels all just ran away. Um, but uh but yeah, and 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 speaking of good intentions, but feeling like more of the same, John Moxley and Brian Danielson were in yeah. the main event. Um on TV, it came across as a a good match. Um, it didn't feel as uh, electric as the tag title match. That could have also been because it was babyface, babyface. It was a very ground and pound kind of match with with submission holds. And in the classic tradition of AEW, can't get out of their own way, and they're going to fuck something up. They tease that we will stay with this match as long as as possible, thinking there's going to be a long overrun. The match ends on time. And then on TV, what you see is Regal going to give Moxley the belt. Danielson rips it out of Moxley's hands, and then they end the show. So you don't know if Danielson just turned heel and they cut everything out. I guess it sounds like Danielson put the title on Moxley. Yeah, he did. But I wonder if that was purposeful or not. No, they were. it clearly felt like they were in the middle of talking, and then the show just ended. Um, it was like waiting for, you know, Brett to get super kicked in the wheelchair by Sean. And then you never had it. So rather than this ending with what an epic battle, Brian Danielson putting the title around Moxley's waist, everyone's happy in the end. It was, Oh no, the bullet club, uh, the, 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 the combat club uh, separating and, and what's going on here. It felt very rushed and, and awkward, which kind of sucked because the, uh, the, the finish of the match, at least on commentary, they were putting it over, big with uh danielson getting choked out like they treated it like a real mma style uh main event but it it felt a little flat compared to the other moments on the on the show curious what it felt like in the building dan well you know i have a few thoughts this match i mean the truth is is i I think everybody was kind of bummed out when moxley won people like moxley they both got cheered when they came out um moxley it was you know again it was like kind of symptomatic of Moxley as a wrestler where he's really good in the ring. He's a great promo, but for whatever reason, you're just not excited to see him. Oh, I'm and- sorry. To, uh, I didn't mean to cut you up, but one other annoying thing 
during this match, almost every 30 seconds, they cut to MJF, either in a split screen or just solely showing MJF. And then when they would show the ring, they would show MJF on the big Titantron screen in the middle. So it was, it was, you basically was half this redundant. match, you were just watching Max watch the match. Well, I mean, that was us too. I mean, that I did think the match was, was better than their revolution match. I think that's when those guys fought the last time. Oh, I, um, I disagree on that one, bro. Oh, really? All right. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't think either way, I don't think it was much better, you know, like, I'm, but like, uh, I, I, I definitely thought, you know, afterwards where I was like, man, they just have less exciting matches to work with now, you know, with, especially now that hang hangman went over, you could, you could run Danielson and hangman back. You could do hangman. And, uh, I mean, Hang, hangman, you mean Moxley. Yeah. That's uh, what you meant, Dan. You uh, meant Moxley, Moxley. Moxley went over Danielson. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's what, I what he meant. That's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> you have Mo Moxley. <laughs> Mox <laughs> I fucked up. Uh, Moxley. Moxley, uh, you know, like I, it's just not as except we've seen this. It doesn't feel like he's earned the third title reign. You know, it's it, it's just, you know, but again, then he cut a promo and he got everybody on board at the end, which I don't think you guys saw at home. But um, nope. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's just the match, you know. I just still have a bad taste in my mouth from that MJF Mox match from, you know, all out a couple of years ago. I just thought that was such a fart in church that I'm, I'm just not excited for this man. And I, I think that Daniel, like MJF winning the title from Danielson, the ultimate good guy in professional wrestling, the ultimate, I'm just going to do my job while you do all the sports entertainery shit, MJF, such a good foil for MJF and instead they're going to you know be running with a match at full gear that I'm sure will be good I'm sure it'll be better than the first match but I just don't think there's going to be the same amount of excitement for it Scott why is Dan wrong and full of shit <laughs> no 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 I don't think he's necessarily wrong but I also think there isn't like a right answer to who won last night what I mean by that is I think by the end of the match everybody wanted Danielson to win right but throughout the match, we also knew Danielson shouldn't win. What I mean by that is that whole match was MJF, dude. Like all the fans were so focused on him in the arena. Every time they cut to him, we'd all start laughing and shit. Like these guys are killing each other in the ring. And then we're laughing every time MJF makes a face, you know? So And then you check MJF's Twitter feed. Oh, well, yeah. So, it's yeah. like a whole thing. So, so if you, when you were there live and that's happening, <sighs> you very quickly realize, oh, this, you don't want this to be Danielson's moment. And that sucks because you want it to be Danielson's moment, but you need a, you need a victory of a guy who's already had the title before. Uh, so we don't step on a, a meaningful moment, I guess. So, you know, you yeah, know, it was just, it, it sucked. Cause yeah, we all wanted that fucking title change, but based on like how they wrote up that match with MJF watching the way he did it, it had to go the way it went. And so <laughs> All right, let's see where they fucking go with it. I obviously the heart and soul storyline is a lot of fun. And also, you know, MJF beating Danielson. I, I think Danielson should have a longer run than full gear. Whereas Moxley, you know, everybody wants to see the title taken off of him next week. We want to give a shit, you know? So there's that too. And, and again, the devil taking away AEW from Moxley is a little more hilarious in, in storyline context, where Danielson's just there to kick everybody ass. He's not like the heart of AEW or anything. Mr. Lawrence. I mean, I feel like the real heel for Moxley is Warner Discovery because <laughs> it really did. It really did feel like 
they have been um, having, you know, no blood mandates, less cursing. Like, it, it did feel like a cleaner show in, in, in those terms, you know. So it is it is genuinely funny when, you know, he's wrestled you know, Yuda and Garcia and bled in three minutes, and now he's against Danielson in 20 minutes and not bleeding at all. But um, Well, you can't really bleed in Arthur Ashe Stadium. That's a little... <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Let me do my Conrad. Thank you for that. Um, I will say, yeah. MJF watching a match is more entertaining than these two guys having one. <laughs> and these are two great wrestlers, but it really it's also like where we were sitting, um, you could see like all the, the sky boxes and stuff, and there they were all all the VIP box, they were all empty. Every single one of them was empty. He was the only one in one, and there was this big fucking bat signal spotlight on him the entire time. And it was hard not to just be gravitated to him. And, and then, yeah, I mean, I was amazed, like, because I just kept looking at him from my seat. But then I genuinely was amazed the amount that they showed him on the on the screen. I'm like, yeah, man, they uh, he is the focus of this while these dudes are fucking laying into each other. Um, I did not want Moxley to win. He won. Um, the Danielson thing, like, is another thing that, like, it ruins kayfabe for me because the real guy seems like he's very adamant about not winning and all of that. That's, I mean, the thing is, is, like, if you're a booker, he's a dream because he's like, okay, yeah, put the other guy over. I don't care. But the and... problem is the character is I'm the best wrestler in the world and, you know, and all this, and then he loses a lot. So it's like... It's it's interesting. Hey, you know um, what and- I do? You know what I do with the Danielson? If you were ever going to do something with Punk and FTR, somehow have Dan... I, yeah, I know that's tough because the whole Blackpool Combat Club is not even a face or heel group. And so how does he turn heel on a group that's just like savages anyway, you know? But uh, if him and FTR were, were guys like, you know, we deserve more or some shit, I don't know. Well, it's also like Moxley, once again, you know, he's the fighting baby face. He did give this, you know, I'll fight anyone. I'm a tough guy promo uh, after the show. And uh, and yet he got a buy in this tournament, which is a heel thing. Like, I don't know why they protect him like that, but they'd still want him to be this scrappy do fucking tough let me at him guy it, do, it yeah, just doesn't it doesn't make any sense <clears throat> it doesn't make any sense uh but the match itself it was fun and i i will say like as a show this first two hours fucking breeze the fuck by man it was it started and it was done and it was such a blast and uh in you know the only other one that i went to was la and uh this one was more fun um i mean this yeah this felt like a pay-per-view and uh and you know what i think we should give some thoughts on rampage and well we're gonna we're gonna go into rampage in detail this uh for our patreon we're gonna go into rampage we're also roasting johnny ace and a steel but i will okay one thing just give overall thoughts yeah right we can do overall thoughts but spoiler alert way more important 
than any match result. This is something I will spoil because our main audience deserves to hear us talk about this. QT has hair now. What? <laughs> brother, brother like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dude, I, I can't believe you didn't know this, Robert. This is what we were we were trying to we were trying to keep secret from you. QT Marshall got, I think, hair plugs that are exactly like The Rock's 1997 haircut. It is the craziest looking thing. We we laughed for about three minutes straight once once one of us realized what was going. It was down. you, man. It was it was all you. <laughs> And we were all fucking losing it. It was the moment of the night. Now, is this was he on Rampage? He's in the Battle yeah, Royal. Battle Royal. Which so you is don't such see a it immediately. Match you're like to watch. So you you're don't like, see it until he wins the Battle Royal yeah. and then beats Moxley for the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't. You don't. See, you're like, wait, hey, what's well, sorry? Here, my wife scared me. My wife, my wife just interrupted me. Sorry. I got scared. This is oh, not the was, worst thing she's walked in on. That was so pathetic. Uh, but anyway, QT has hair plugs now. So that's the big news. Oh, wait, so we also have to talk about uh, all right. So, you know, uh some people left, right, during Rampage, but a lot a lot did stay. Uh more than I thought, I guess, right? Until the last match. But uh our section was by the last hour of Rampage, it was literally just the three of us and one other person who I think was secretly a fan of the podcast and just sitting with us. And Well, he's uh, definitely mentally ill. Yes, and it was... God said fan of the podcast. It was completely empty, and it was so just it was like Mark shit. David Chapman and Scott Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I had I had more fun watching Rampage than Dynamite because it was just the three of us like loudly talking shit. There was a moment during <laughs> Rampage, again, spoiler, there's a Christian segment that is so fucking good, in my opinion. I stood up and I was just like, great fucking segment. Great. Fu-. Like, it was like we were just acting so dumb and so stupid. And, uh, you know, because when people are around you, you have to re- you have to respect the show. Uh, and, and, and we do respect the show, but you can't make too many jokes because people feel like, oh, you're wasting my money. I'm hearing your bullshit, you know, kind of like our Patreon. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but this was was a lot of fun. And it just yeah, it was the epitome of the of the podcast. Yeah. Just an empty. This arena. Was like, you know, you know, what was amazing was there was a camaraderie between everyone. We all we all got on the subway after and this show ended at like 1240. And I mean, especially like after midnight, there was a large chunk of people that left. What what was cool in our section, there was this family, like there was like a four-year-old and a seven-year-old and like a 10-year-old. They stayed the whole fucking time. But there was, my favorite was, uh, there were these two guys behind uh, me and Scott who clearly were there for Action Bronson. when. Action Bronson uh, came out. They sang the words to his theme like it was fucking Judas. And <laughs> had so much fun <laughs> and left shortly after that. <laughs> but that was like, but the Rampage, like, yeah, I mean, the QT hair plugs thing was, it was so fucking, we could not stop laughing. Um, you know. it'll, be, it'll be interesting robert to to because the big debate we had 
were was is it plugs or hair dye and the oh, big yeah. debate I had was how quickly does Robert do something similar after seeing how good it looks on QT? <laughs> oh, I'm already looking up uh, who who could have done his hair plugs in the greater Atlanta area, and I'm booking a flight. <laughs> <laughs> it's Glacier. He's very talented. <laughs> the hair Dude, plug and, factory. And, and, and uh, Yeah, man. It, it could was, just like, be hair crazy, from Nick Camarado's like... back, by the way. <laughs> I would have I would have thought because this was a tape show that it would have been shorter than um uh, dynamite. You know, dynamite has to be two hours because it's commercials, all that. This like it was longer. Well, it felt and longer, yeah. I, I will say, like by the end, it was like a little exhausting. The the main event and to me, spoilers is giving results. I'm not going to give results of who won or who lost, but like the main event was Starks and Hobbs. And when they came out at the end, I'd say there was maybe 20 to 25% of the crowd left. Yeah. And you just felt for them, man, because they got fucked the pay per view. And then here, like it was just empty. And, you know, it, it just like. So, Mike, it may have been before you came on, but from what I understand, there were pre-tapes building up this match, but they didn't show it to you guys in the in the building. So I read a couple people who left and didn't realize that this match was going to be a, a, a lights-out match as the main event, but that they had, on TV at least, were planning on setting this thing up as a big-time main event. So people didn't know, oh, we got to stay. This is a, a, a real thing that you're going to see. You're yeah, we didn't know right. it was no, lights out until that. until Mark Henry. You know, well, we'll know until until uh, the, they announced it as they were walking to the ring, right? That it was a lights out match. Uh, yeah, I we didn't did. Know. We did not know until they announced it in the ring, and they yeah. they're like, you know, yeah, Roberts is like, we're going to turn the lights off, and when they come back on, and and I mean, I will say, we all the three of us were all went. It's time for the main event. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was this was probably like one of the most joyful experiences I had as a wrestling fan. And so even though I am still like nitpicking some booking and all that, like I had such a fucking blast, like with the buddies I watched wrestling with like fucking 15 years ago. Just like, I mean, AEW puts on a great show and the audience doesn't hijack it. It's so like sincere. Everyone feels they can be themselves, and there were no, at least in our section, there were no assholes. Like, and, and some of the stuff that people were saying was just genuinely funny. There was one guy near us when Diamante came out who just went, Evil East is better. And it just made me laugh so much. The guy, there was a guy sitting near us that had a Final Fantasy uh, 14 is better than World of Warcraft sign. You know, like there was lots of. Wait, Pokemon Kenny Omega stuff. was there? <laughs> What's that? Kenny Omega was there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so was Ace Steel, and then he ran. Now, <laughs> what it was was Ace Steel got a power pellet, and then Kenny turned into a ghost. And. <laughs> He had to make sure he wasn't get eaten again. Um, I just assumed A Steel popped up and ate your hot dog. <laughs> I know you did like halfway through the show, I made like a A Steel Blue Chew joke. And I'm like, how have I not thought of that sooner? <laughs> but it was, it was, I mean, this, 
this was more fun than LA in the sense also that like, dude, LA was interesting. Everyone left at 7 p.m. And that was it. And I know some of that's the time difference, but also there was no rampage. This, like I said, we were all on that train at one in the morning. <laughs> oh, wait, this is this is important because the other guys mentioned this before you got on. Tony Khan apparently comes out at one point and like dropped to his knees thanking the audience. What he was came your take out at on this? Three different points. And we all fucking popped every time like Austin was coming out in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, when you are there live, it really does feel like you're at an autism rally and he is king of the spectrum. <laughs> By the way, that's and the next the New way Japan tournament. Talks, like, king there's is like king an, of the spectrum. There's an inaudibility to it, and it's all just yelling the whole time. Like, you know, because he first comes out right before Dynamite, then he comes out to set Rampage, and he comes out at the end. And with Dynamite, like, They'll always do is Robert, because this was in LA too. Robert's is like, all right, we got we got less than a minute. Here comes Tony Khan. I'm like, just come out five minutes before. <laughs> Cause he's always like, all right, guys. <laughs> Mike, we were debating before you got on. Do you think he's become a worse promo? I think he has. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and Scott pointed out he was like, when he came out for Rampage. Scott, do you want to say your joke? Because it was really funny. If you oh, remember, I don't, rem- I don't remember. No, the kid at the bar mitzvah who wants everyone to stay. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then, 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 yeah, yeah. And I was like, he's so grateful, but you can also, you know, he can obviously see the people walking to the bathroom while he talks. It's, uh, it is an odd thing to, to watch a man go through. All right, well, and that's what's interesting too with the length and the placement and all that. It's like when he came out at the end mm-hmm. and there was barely anyone there it's like is he tracking is he absorbing that because he should i hope so and and well i i guess i won't say because it'll spoil match result but yeah i i loved rampage and rampage had some more silly moments it felt a little looser you know you watch it and you you don't demand so much of it and so i i thought it was a, a great great show Rampage felt more like a, a TV taping. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, well, Dynamite felt more like a pay-per-view. And Rampage, it was like... And we all, like... The only like, time we like really talked to other people in our section, we were all trying to figure out what was on the show. And then it was like... Then there was like um, uh, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, Tony Nese, and Josh Woods match that none of us had remembered was there. Mm-hmm. And me and Scott were like, we're just going to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah all right well folks you're gonna hear our in-depth spoilers about rampage this monday um and our review of it as well as the the roasts of ace steel and johnny ace laurenitis um high spot low spot i'll start off my high spot was of course going to dynamite last night with mike and scott thank you so much for the ticket mike my low spot um look i'm just in a broken record i talked about this last week but i just I guess I'm putting this energy out in case something happens. Um, About 15 months ago, myself, Dan Soder, and Stone Cold Steve Austin sold a cartoon that would be starring the Stone Cold character on Peacock (laughs) for the past 15 months 
uh, WWE and Peacock have not been able to work out a deal on their end of things. Um, so my, so like we won't get to make this cool show. Yes, I won't get paid, but well, I hope I get paid. Jesus Christ. Because uh, But anyway, um, the, the, the real sad thing is we won't be able to do the show, man. And, and me and Dan and, and Steve have put a lot of work into the show and, and we want to we want to bring it to the wrestling community. So it's a low spot, but it's my hope spot. I hope that these billion dollar companies figure it out. That's it for me. Robert. <laughs> Wait, Dan, I'm sorry, but Robert, did you notice something about Dan's low spot? What? It was also his low spot last week. Oh, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, so I, I, did uh, I, I did hear that last week. I think it's every just, week it's... he's like, well, my low spot this week is uh, <laughs> me, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Dan Soder. From the same guy that reviewed Bash at the Beach 96 twice. Comes. <laughs> well, I said, I said, I said this is the same one as last week. And, oh, you did. And, 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 and guys, also check, check me out the Milwaukee Laughing Tap this weekend. I'm going to be there Friday and Saturday. All right, that's go, it for go. me. Go cheer him up. Um, also join our podcast or our Facebook group. Leave a comment. All that shit. Cool. Uh, yeah, and also, is- also, um, both times Dan had that as his low spot. He was walking towards the ocean. <laughs> uh, but there's no ocean in Milwaukee where Dan's going to be this Friday and Saturday. Um, my, uh, but there my- will be an island of sadness on stage. Yes, um, at least an archipelago. My uh, my high spot was. Uh, <laughs> MJF was on Ariel Hawani's uh, show and the entire interview, it's like 45 minutes, is an absolute masterclass. He weaves in and out of kayfabe. He's talking about, without really touching on it, like the punk situation, the AEW locker room, putting over Hunter and, and Nick Khan. And, and it's just, it's so amazing how well he understands his character and how well he can play it in a way where it doesn't feel grating. Sometimes you get guys that are staying in character. It's, it's absolute fucking torture. He's just really, really good at it. It's worth going out of your way. Even after uh grand slam has happened to, uh, to watch it. It was a blast. I think my, my low spot was uh, missing getting to go to grand slam live. It sounds like you guys had a, a great time and I'm, I'm bummed because uh, full gear, I think is going to be up in, in Jersey. And I'm actually going to be in New York that weekend, but I'm going up for a wedding that night, so I won't be able to uh, attend the show, even though it's it's going on while I'm there. But uh, one of these years, we'll we'll align it where where all four of us are are at a wrestling show until we wind up getting kicked out. That's true. <laughs> yeah, my high spot is definitely dynamite. Uh, it was it was fantastic, just a really awesome moment. Uh, good time. Low spot. I don't know. I mean, there's a, there was a tsunami in Japan that a the, the New Japan show got canceled. But it's like, but, but how do you go like how do you go like my low spot is a tsunami that canceled a New Japan like is the low spot a New Japan show got canceled or the tsunami you know and so that's like a rude low spot, but it's the only one I could think of right now. I've you know Kabuki performances had the same problem during Hiroshima, so I see what you're saying. <laughs> By the way, Dave Meltzer easily <laughs> make this choice. New Japan show being canceled. New Japan show. Being <laughs> but yeah, that sucks. No, no, uh, Meltzer can't get wet. He'll short circuit. So, <laughs> well, now there's two reasons Tanahashi is washed up. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, you know another high spot? Another? No, maybe it'll be Mike. So go ahead, Mike. No, you 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 go ahead, buddy. But Rampage spoiler. Uh, 
Sammy Guevara and uh, Eddie Kingston are two characters that on that show, the fans were so invested in what they were supposed to be doing. And like, you know, all the complaints we have about Sammy or whatever we say about Eddie here and there, like literally what we saw on Rampage, it's like if everybody got to see that on Dynamite, we'd all be like, wow, great. Uh, these guys are awesome and we enjoy what they do. Oh, there was a spot during Dynamite where one of the commercial breaks, they showed Eddie Kingston's uh, suicide PSA. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, yeah, it, they, they cut it really well. It, it lo- I mean, it's rough because he's wearing a Polk High jersey, like Al Bundy. <laughs> oh, so yeah. It's, it's, it's a little distracting where it's this very emotional thing about like mental health. And, and if you if you do need help, go seek help. And suicide is not an answer. But at the same time, he's wearing a married with children jersey. So it's a little, <laughs> a little weird. Yeah, especially when his four touchdowns was just three Chikara matches in the night. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I'd say high spot. Yeah, the show having fucking fun. Like, dude, we, you want to, you want to know how fun this was? You had three comedians, and we didn't talk about comedy at all for five hours. We just talked about the show we were watching. That was fucking amazing. I think I um, mentioned one open micer from the first year we started, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, but but we did buy a hot dog off him, so that's okay. <laughs> but no, I I think like yeah, the high spot. Oh, we saw. I I you know I wasn't at the beginning on the beginning of this show, so I don't know. But two forbidden dorks said hi to us. That was really fucking cool. Uh, Scott, Michael, and Vic. Uh, and not not Michael. Shout out, shout out, shout out to the dork I met on the train, Nathan. Shout out. Yeah, man. Dude, shout um, out to shout out to walking out. Dan being like, "Hey, do you want an edible?" He being like, "Yeah, sure." And then him being, and then him handing me a thing, and then being like, "Did you take your piece?" I just took the whole thing and threw it in my mouth. So yeah, uh, how, how was the rest of your night? I got home at like three in the morning. Were you just like paranoid the whole trip? No, I felt great. Life was good, man. I saw AW Grand Slam. You know, yeah, that's true. That's true. And then anyway, low, I'm not, low. I'm not drinking, folks. I'm not drinking. Every once in a while, I do an edible. That's it. Specifically, a uh, high spot was Sammy's Titantron entrance. When you watch Rampage, this thing is I my favorite Titantron. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's fucking amazing. And there's no AW copyright term for Titantron, so I'm just saying Titantron. Um, but the the fucking video that plays, uh, this was my favorite since the Hollywood Rock in 2002 with the long panning uh, helicopter shots. The, this thing was amazing. And then they played it again on a loop and it was even better the second time. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sammy and Eddie, of all the matches on Rampage, these guys, like, it was... it. The character work in it was fucking fantastic. Um, and they both did a, a, a great job. And uh, Eddie Kingston was very easy to see from even the nosebleeds because he's fat. Um, <laughs> low spot, low spot would be Has anyone mentioned the Marina Shafir promo yet? No. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, my low spot is we didn't get another one. Um, <laughs> he cut this promo, I think, on dark in literally looking like fucking uh, Janice from the Muppets in a in a Scott called it uh, evil blossom hat or what? Dan, was that you? I'm sorry. Yeah, those, those, those. 
Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I <laughs> For more of those great references, go to Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, but like this promo in a two in two minutes was so bad. It's so awful. She like she's all over the place. She Dude, it's entertaining the, though. I will say it's it's it, crazy. Like, clearly, she had just watched House of Dragons on one of Dan's edibles. Because she like says the full names of both of her parents. <laughs> I am of Janabari Shafir and Barana Shafir from Moldova. Yeah. And and then the last line is when you hear the violins, you know there's gonna be violin. <laughs> and it, it was so, the SNL sketch. And it, it really is, yeah. A- after she's done, you really are waiting for Dr. John to go, in my opinion, nation. <laughs> the song. <laughs> uh, but I really, I was really hoping we would get something from her. And instead, we got something from the male equivalent, Wheeler Yuna. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was, she's... I mean, after watching that promo, we decided we need to have a worst promo of the year award for the for the Wrestle Roasts Awards. I mean, it's I think good. we do every year. And also, I what I wanted to see was picture in picture of a Thunder Rosa watching this, going, "See, she sandbags herself." <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, folks. Well, that's our show. We're gonna see you next week. Next week, we're we're back on the roast circuit when we're doing the roast of the xfl that should be a real fun one um so um no yes that's that's correct um i'm sorry i wasn't sure if it was going to be fun he's like no it's going to be fun. no it is going to be fun but until then folks wash your damn hands